coming to the ring, Flood the Drummer and Richard Taylor. What's up, wrestling fans, and thanks for being tuned in to Coming to the Ring. I'm Flood the Drummer in Philadelphia with Richard Taylor in Seattle. What's going on, Richard? Boom, boom. Chris, what's going on, bro? Good to hear from you, man. Roman Waynes is signed to a multi-year contract this week. It's big news. It's trending on Twitter. How do you feel about Re- that? I didn't even know until you actually just said something. Yeah, so you I ain't see- really a mark, man. Come on, man. I need People to who catch don't even up. watch wrestling is knowing about this shit because it's all over Twitter. Man, I ain't <laughs> paid no attention to it. Um, I've been actually caught up more so on this list that we're getting ready to talk about here in a few. <laughs> Fair enough. Um not only is uh, Roman Wayne's uh, trending on Twitter today as we speak. Um, I don't know when everyone is hearing this, but it's it's Friday, August 16th as we're recording this. But also trending on Twitter is AEW Boston yep. uh, and AEW Philadelphia. I, I didn't even know they were coming. They're already sold out. Mm-hmm. They're already sold out in Philly. I told you AW is the real deal, man. Like people They're going to be at the Leacor Center in Philadelphia August uh, the 16th and in uh, Boston on October 9th. And they've already sold out. They're Damn, the real I would have totally gone to AEW in Philly had I known this in advance. I'm sure I mean, you're going to have to. Chris, as a glorified journalist, you're going to have to be able to get in that room. <laughs> So that All you right. can start really getting the inside, my friend. I'm at the send a media request saying, you know, <laughs> I'm doing a story for Goodman Project. There you on go. Blah 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 blah. Let's be second. Throwing your, your weight around. See what there you, you go. Get. Do your thing. <laughs> Shoot your shot. That is. If listen, we have a reality star running the country. I think it is okay for you to shoot your shot. There you go. Hey, listen. <laughs> before we get into what we're going to talk about, speaking of Roman Reigns, this week he put on one. Hell of a match Jeez. with good old Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. Uh, uh, it was um, a match of the year contender, some have said. W- would you agree with that? I definitely would. Um, man, like, and I think because it was just, you know, it was a SmackDown match, it could easily be taken as just another match. But, man, like, it, it I mean, it had everything you could want and more definitely from a match you weren't expecting it from. Absolutely. All right, so... As Richard alluded to earlier in the program, a list of the top 50 greatest male wrestlers of all time circulated the internet this week and caused quite the debate. Not only were certain superstars absent from the list, but the author clearly didn't decipher between the greatest, excuse me, the greatest characters and the greatest wrestlers. Indeed, throughout pro wrestling history, there have been amazing larger-than-life characters who won't be remembered for their wrestling abilities as much as they will for their stories they told. But on the opposite hand, some of the most celebrated technical wrestlers didn't have memorable gimmicks, but rather performed an unforgettable bouts. And today, Richard and I will take a look at both groups and compile our own list. So let's start with the list that was actually out. I'll go through the first uh, 10 and then Richard, you do the the ten through twenty, uh, and then we can we can just kind of improv from there. So number one on this list, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number two, Macho Man Randy Savage. Number three, Ric Flair. Number four, Hulk Hogan. Number five, The Rock. Number six, John Cena. Number seven, Shawn Michaels. Number eight, The Undertaker. Number nine, Bret Hart. And number ten, Chris Jericho. 
Boom. Um, yeah, that's uh that's a that's a heavy ten. That's a heavy ten. So at eleven we had Kurt Angle, twelve Triple H, thirteen was Bruno San Martino, fourteen was Kane, number fifteen was Booker T, Shucky Ducky, Quack Quack. Number sixteen was Mr. Perfect, seventeen Andre the Giant, eighteen was Dusty Rhodes, uh nineteen was Sting, and then twenty was Rowdy Roddy Piper. And then at the very bottom five, at 45, William Regal, 46, Goldberg, 47, Ultimate Warrior, 48, Goldust, 49, Mark Henry, and bringing up the rear, Vader. And in between those that we did not say are some of the most uh, remembered superstars, both wrestlers and gimmicks and everything in between. Richard, why did this list cause such the, the, the conversation? I don't want to say controversy because that may be blowing it up a bit. But why do you think it, it sparked such the conversation is it online, even among your own social group? Well, I mean, so backstory, a friend of mine actually tagged me in this because they knew that I was a wrestling fan. So when they saw that at Jim Fail Nation posted this, immediately tagged me. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm taking this to Facebook and I got to see what the people think, right? And so um, as I'm reading through this list, part of me feels like, man, like some people are commenting and they're, they're uh they're differing in opinion because of like maybe their childhood favorites. I heard some people talking about like, oh, why is Junkyard Dog not on this list? Why are you know? And it seemed like it was a thing of of, of some of their you know favorites growing up as childhood, you know, whatever. But um, man, I think that too when you look at this list, it was definitely top twenty. It was a tough list, but even when you kind of break down some of the latter guys, like man. You, you look at some of these guys in the later part of the list, and I've heard folks argue like they should be in the top 10. You mentioned Goldberg at 46, and I, I know some folks that are like, yo, Goldberg should have been at least number seven. You know what I mean? So it, really? I think it varies. Yes. Mm. And, and, and But, Chris, you got to think I about it. I wouldn't even put Goldberg in the top 10. But you got to think about it, though. Everybody takes it from a different approach. Some people use the Al Snow approach of what or who put butts in seats, right? From a ticket sale and from a merch sale aspect. And so from that, that was the argument that people put up about Goldberg. Goldberg was money. He brought in a lot of people. Same thing with Ultimate Warrior at number 47. He put butts in seats. And so you've got the other folks who are like, well, who are the best workers of the business, right? And then you've got some folks that are like, yo, who were just the best technically sound wrestlers and then you got people who look for the overall with the heavy emphasis on promo and charisma. And so this list was split. I know I had over 100 and some odd comments on Facebook within the first hour of posting this. People were just back and forth debating. But, man, it really struck up a great conversation. And the crazy part with this list, Chris, is that this just covers WWE or WC guys who eventually became WWE guys. That's true. Yes. Um, and, and as you said earlier, there are even wrestlers who are part of the WWF and, and even the early days of WWF who aren't on here, who mm -hmm. aren't on here. So let, let's jump into uh, who. So for the sake of this conversation, I think that it's fair to say we are defining the wrestlers versus characters and, um, you know, characters being the operative word. So we're going to look at some of these wrestlers who were had amazing gimmicks who maybe overindulged in the gimmick to become an unforgettable character who, who, who was easy to, to, to merch after and license after. And then those wrestlers who, you know, or, or slash great workers, you know, we're going to put on a great match who 
were always going to be solid, um, but they they weren't great characters or gimmicks. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have a gimmick. They didn't necessarily have uh, aura or persona about them in promos or or in backstage segments. So I, I'll start with the the one that caught my attention is the Ultimate Warrior. Mm. The Ultimate Warrior uh, was uh, my favorite character, second favorite character growing up. Well, I would say first, but one of two, uh, when I first became a wrestling fan, uh, I think most people would agree that he was magnetic in in his um, delivery. He was, before The Rock, the most electrifying superstar that I had ever seen uh, in professional wrestling. When his music hit, you popped. Right? Mm -hmm. Every time he was on TV, when his music hit, it popped. It was nobody ever sat on their ass in the early '90s, or late '80s when the Ultimate Warrior came to the ring. He was colorful. He was larger than life. Uh, his his full of his energy. Pro- full of energy. His promos were um, sometimes uh, uh, you couldn't tell what he was saying, but there was so there was so much energy and passion behind it. It was infectious. Mm-hmm. The Ultimate Warrior would be number one, probably on my list of greatest characters, but he would not make the list at all if I were talking about the greatest wrestlers. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I mean, he wouldn't make your list? He wouldn't make my list of greatest wrestlers, but he would be the top of the list of greatest characters. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and I think that's the thing. It's, so going back to what you said, it's like, it, it's what are we judging this by, right? Like, what is the... When you talk about greatest wrestlers of all time, are we talking characters? Or are we talking somebody that actually was a great worker? Because that was one of the big arguments that people put up with Ultimate Warrior, with Hogan, even with Stone Cold. I heard people say, like, as an actual wrestler, as a worker, they were trash. They and were Stone not... Cold was trash. <laughs> but, I mean, man, he was memorable for several moves, right? He had the brawler joint where he just hopped on you, bouncing Eat off the road. There you go. You know, he had his strike. Would you call it the brawler joint? The, yeah, yeah, listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminded me, I just feel real like, you know, back of the woods, in the deep heart of the country, redneckish. like, hey, when I've seen bar fights, that's how it looks. Like brawlers. Like, hey, we just, we ended Fair the win, right? You know, and so that's what, that's what Austin was. And then, of course, I mean, man, the stunner, right? Like, that was it. And then you got to look at his promo game, his charisma, and the fact that he was just a – he was hardcore to the T right. um, in his demeanor and everything that he was. So, but all of that was gimmick. That was it was. That was whole gimmick. Because People when he said was the, the ringmaster, he yeah. wasn't doing that. Exactly. People said the same thing about Hogan. And honestly, Hogan. you could argue that Austin was a better wrestler as the ringmaster and a better character as Stone Cold. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing, man. I think, you know, we it's funny. We talk about tapping into, like, our potential. Even though we're doing certain things right, really, man, when you tap into your potential, the very thing that you focused in on might not actually be the thing that's going to get you to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think we see that with Hogan as well because Hogan was not a worker. He was a big guy, mm-hmm. and he was just a big draw and a big name. You know, and he, he, had, he had a clothesline, a big boot, a leg drop, and a hawk up. I mean, and that's funny because if and you compare that to the top, <laughs> if you compare that to moves now, and Hulk Hogan was in this day and age, he'd be an average wrestler, right? And so, mm. average well, don't you think? Best. Don't you think he was an average wrestler even at his peak? He definitely was, but I think for that that age and time, people hadn't seen what we see now. 
you know, mm. people weren't people weren't aware of the likes of uh, uh, Lucha Ricochet. Underground, right, right, or Prince Puma, right? They weren't a the Prince Puma. They weren't, they weren't they weren't privy to a two hundred five live that had guys doing seven eighty somersaults. <laughs> they right. weren't privy to the the likes of an Andrade who was putting on like clinics with everybody that he wrestles with, man. Well, the so, young bucks who can fly yeah, through the air. Exactly. And so that's the thing. I think back in that day and age, man, and I think too, you know, a big part of why Hogan was so big was because of Andre the Giant. You know, in that time, like Andre the Giant was the epitome of of size and of of this just massive figure. And Hogan was the guy that competed with him. So and of Andre course is it, number 17 on this list as mm-hmm. the greatest wrestler. Would you would you say he deserves to be on the list of greatest wrestlers? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Because man. I don't know if he was a wrestler or a character as much as he was just a presence. And a he talent. was a presence. He was a presence and he was a character. Mm-hmm. He was a he was definitely a character. And I think his character kind of intertwined with his presence a lot, which made him who he was. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at the time, it wasn't like you had a million Andre the Giants running around. Like, there was one Andre the Giant. He was the eighth wonder of the world, right? If I'm not mistaken, was he eighth? Oh, I don't know. He was I one thought of China those... was the eighth so, wonder of the world. He was no, one she of was the wonder... ninth wonder of the world. Yeah, so I think he was the eighth wonder of the world then. And so... But I think there's already eight wonders of the world. That's why you know, China was the ninth. We got seven <laughs> deadly sins and more happening, too. So, I mean, hey, who knows? But I think, you know, at the end of the world, at the end of the world, Jesus, Christ, you see what you did to me there? The eighth <laughs> wonder of the world is the Grand Canyon. <laughs> really? So, all right, Andre the Giant is eight and a half. <laughs> yeah, man. But no, I, um, I think that it's, uh, I think that it's interesting, like, you know, when you talk about it, because I feel like if we're talking about a wrestling standpoint, half of the top ten wouldn't be in there. I don't think any of the top ten. No, that's not no, true. Because Bret Hart, Bret Hart Bret is at Hart, number nine. He deserves Hart, it. Jerry, Shawn Coles. Michaels, and Chris Shawn Jericho. Shawn Michaels. Yes, that's true. So they those would, would be those would be the only three, right? Those would be the only three from a just straight on wrestling standpoint. And right. then you got Kurt Angle sitting right outside of number eleven, so he would be in there. He would absolutely. Now at number eight is the Undertaker, who is unquestionably one of the greatest characters ever conceived in Absolutely. any professional wrestling organization, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but he wouldn't be but, in there as great as wrestling. No, he wouldn't. But he also was a okay wrestler for someone his size. Very he agile. Um, you go back and watch some of his early stuff as me, Mark Callis, and WCW. Uh, he actually was fairly good. Mm-hmm. I, um, think he would, I think he could take top 10 from the standpoint of a guy who was considered a giant in this industry as a wrestler he would hold a top 10 space for anybody six five and above i would i would i would yeah. give that to the undertaker yeah he would make the top six, 10. speaking of six five and above his his kayfabe brother kane who comes in at number 14 would also be one of the greatest characters of all time and i would argue maybe one of the maybe the greatest character uh that wwe has ever created, oh, I should say greatest monster, um, because of how long he lasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1997 absolutely. to what, 2018? Yeah. No, that, that is a really long time. That's over two decades. Absolutely. 
And not to mention, he was able to be the fake Diesel and Isaac Yankum, you know, prior prior to that. So, (laughs) and speaking of the fake Diesel, the real Diesel, Kevin Nash, comes in at 42 of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He should have been 48. He should have been 48, because as Jim (laughs) Cornette says, he only had eight moves counting a hair flip. (laughs) <laughs> and he had he had legs of still. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Kevin Nash, uh, Scott Hall comes in at 37. Scott Hall was my second favorite wrestler or character growing up because the Razor Ramon gimmick, which is when I started watching it, was so uh, compelling to me. It was just the way he came, his attitude, his swag. The way he talked, the way he threw the toothpick. I still, to this day, walk around with a toothpick in my mouth and one in my ear <laughs> because he did it. If you go <laughs> on my laptop bag, there's a bunch of toothpicks in there. And I just keep a toothpick in my mouth and partially because of, of, of him. Ultimate Warrior and uh, Scott and the Razor Ramon wrestling figures were the two ones I remember having on my dresser on their WWF platform sitting there like almost in model-esque because mm-hmm. of how, how much I reverenced them. But I would also say, not only was the Razor Ramon character one of the greatest ever, he'd definitely be in the top 10 greatest characters. Uh, it was inspired by the Scarface character. But Scott Hall could actually really fucking wrestle. When he, he could. Was, uh, in the early 90s. And, his and he, line, was a, he was a great seller. He did with Shawn, <laughs> he was a great seller. But the ladder match he did with Shawn Michaels is considered the greatest ladder match of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he could definitely be a lot higher on that list. I, I, I'll give you that 100%. Who are you surprised at on the list that didn't even crack the top 20 that that should have been there? Well, I could tell that this was somebody, like I said, looking at this from a WWE standpoint, because I feel like if we open this up to some indie scene guys, man, some of the top 10, they'd be surprised and wouldn't even know the names, right? Um, As far as guys that didn't make it, I can't can't personally... No, no, not guys that didn't make it, but guys who are on this list but didn't make the top 20. Oh, guys on this list that didn't make the top 20. Um, man, that is tough. So if we're talking about wrestling standpoint straight up, Chris Benoit should have been right. higher. Daniel Bryan. Wait, let's slow there. Should Chris Benoit have been in the top 10? Chris Benoit would have easily been in the top 10, Chris. Absolutely. I, I absolutely. absolutely. And if that's the case, we need to talk about AJ Styles. He yep. would have been in the top 10. Daniel Bryan, one of the most technically sound wrestlers. Yep. He would have been in the top 10 as well. Honestly, Chris. And, and Owen Hart, who comes in number 30. Owen Hart would have, and then sitting right there. At and as we learned about Owen Hart last week, boys and girls, he was the original white ally. Yes. According he to was. Richard Taylor. Oh, God. Yeah, man, he was. <laughs> and then, I mean, Chris, if we're being completely honest, man, um, and I didn't give him his credit early on because I hated him as a heel. I knew what you were going to say. As a kid. Say. But at 45, I would honestly say William Regal from a yes. wrestling standpoint. William yes. Regal would be in the top 10 of this list. Put some so. respect on his fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> My nigga William. Shit. <laughs> William Let me tell you Regal. something. I remember watching WCW Saturday night in 96 and uh, 95 and 96 when William Regal was doing the Blue Bud, the Blue yeah. Blood characters with yeah. Lord, uh with uh, Bobby Eaton and, and Dave Taylor, and I love his snobbish ass. And, and a lot of people forget that he also <laughs> was the team with John Paul Levesque, as we know as Triple H, before mm-hmm. Triple H went to WWF. So he came out with his nose in the air and his hand, and me and my brother used to actually walk around the house like Stephen Regal, doing the whole, like, 
I and he was very young then. Uh, I didn't even realize he was his late, uh, mid twenties, mid mm-hmm. late twenties then. He just looked he old. He played. <laughs> the, he looked old. He played the hell out that character. But if you get William Regal in a technical match, some of his greatest work, and you, you got to go back, ladies and gentlemen, and watch some classic William Regal stuff. He is divine. Yeah, he is, man. And I um, I, I will tell you like this. Uh, there is a reason he is overseeing the talent with with NXT right now. Um, because he is what we would call a student of the, of the, of the business. And Chris, I would honestly say this, not in the top 10, if we're talking about greatest wrestlers of all time, workers in wrestling, Chris, I'm, even if it's right at number 10, I might have to put Triple H in there. As great as wrestlers? As, as a worker and as a wrestler, like, yes, he, I mean, okay. All things considered, they had Triple H booked and listed in at about six three and a half, six four. For a guy of his stature and size, Triple H was a he was a definite worker, but he was a great combination of worker, character, charisma, and then also promo as well. And so no, I agree. I, I, I would say, and I honestly think I think he had better matches as a wrestler, as a pure wrestler exactly, in WCW. Exactly, WCW, yeah. He did. yeah. Before he, you know, I mean, I don't know if the steroid allegations are true. I mean, I can look at some pictures and definitely tell the difference in body stature. But <laughs> with all of that being said, I think even from a wrestling standpoint, Triple H would actually make that list. Man, Chris, I was really torn on this one, too, though. But um, there were a few other guys that I looked at from just like a pure wrestling standpoint that we need to talk about. Um, and you could go back and forth with me on this one. Seth, I think, is coming into his own as being a technically sound wrestler now, but he's still got so much more ahead of him we haven't mm. fully seen yet. So I won't say put him on the list, but he's definitely on the radar. Um, I would also I would also take a deeper look. Man, look, they got Eddie Guerrero sitting at number 23. Chris, Eddie mm-hmm. was a worker, bro. Oh, Eddie was Eddie was amazing. He was, Again, I mean, some of his earlier work, and I'm talking about so I have a DVD series called ECW Unreleased. Mm-hmm. And as all of the, you know, very beginning ECW matches that some were never televised. And there's this one match with Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. And you're talking about a clinic. Man, man. That I mean, Eddie cool. was amazing. That and Dean Malenko, Dean Malenko's not even on this list. Dean's not even, like, he didn't even touch the 50, bro. That's crazy. They got so, Vader and not Dean Malenko. Vader. <laughs> they got Vader on the list. They got and Vader on the list. Not much about Vader because Vader in his early days was a great monster too. I mean, he was never an amazing wrestler. But a guy that big doing moonsaults on the top rope, you got to give him his fucking credit too. I'll say this, Chris. And as if, if we're talking about pure wrestlers, maybe he doesn't crack the top 10, but I would definitely consider him for the top 20. I would even have to take a deeper look at British Bulldog. I don't know how you feel about that. Mm. I would have to take a deeper look at the British Bulldog from a wrestling standpoint. I could see that. But you know who I would look take a deeper look at? Who I think absolutely deserves to be in the top 10? Mr. Perfect. I agree. Uh, I, I, I agree. think people sleep on him, but I, I watched a lot of his earlier work. Kurt Henning was amazing. He, he earned the name Mr. Perfect. He, he did. put on really really good matches he he definitely did chris he definitely did i think this... as did as did roddy roddy piper like i was surprised at how good roddy roddy piper was in his prime yeah no you're you're totally right man as i look as i take a deeper look at this list chris i definitely think this is kind of more popularity 
Um, it, it, was, it was, yes. But even then, I feel like from a popularity standpoint, this list is still a little off, even in the top ten. Yes. If I if I looked at this, my my top ten would look different from this. What would your top ten look like? My top ten would definitely be Austin is there, right? Austin sold more merch than anybody in the company ever did, right? He put butts in seats. I would actually have a, a hard one and a half would have to be The Rock for me. And not just because I'm a huge The Rock fan from a promo standpoint. But, man, you think about it. Some of the best work from a, a overall storyline standpoint that we saw was between Austin and The Rock. They put on stuff. Triple H was right there with them in that fold and mix, right? But I'm talking Austin, Rock, Ric Flair would be there, even though I'm not a huge fan of him because you said he only had seven to eight moves. Hulk Hogan, from a popularity standpoint, would still be in there. Undertaker would actually take a – Undertaker would be in my top five. Popularity-wise, Taker would have to be there. Cena is popular now for what we would have as the 2010s. But he wouldn't be in popularity. He would probably hit the latter part of that list. I would bump Triple H up into the top 10 for his work as Triple H, but then also for the work that he did with DX. Um, Mm. Man, popularity-wise, like I watched the documentary, Andre the Giant would actually crack my top 10 from a popularity aspect because he was such a feat at what some people say was seven feet, four inches tall. As a as a professional wrestler who who I mean dominated for years. If we're going in, I still I think I still got three more spaces left. Popularity wise, Vince McMahon has proven this over the last three to four years. Brock Lesnar might have to take a seat in my top ten as popular wrestlers because he has been Vince's big draw. People will still come to see a crappy seven hour pay per view just to see Brock Lesnar dominate. Mm. That, there's something to be said about that, right? Um, I would have to, I mean, and granted, it's funny because they got, they got William Regal at 45 and then him at 46, but I think about the match where he almost like killed Regal because he mm. was just a horrible worker. But popularity-wise, you cannot overlook Goldberg's streak and what he became to the fans. And it's actually world. William Regal who gave Goldberg his, his kind of made Goldberg work for his win. He did. Um, he and, did. and Regal took some shit for that because he, he made him look a little – he exposed him. He did, man. He he definitely did. So um, I think that, that – I may that watch you, some uh, re, old Regal, William Regal matches tonight. <laughs> watch, and, and you know, Chris, binge watch you know on what? YouTube. Going back to my WCW uh, – what was that? Summer Bash video game? What, what was the video game that WCW had on Nintendo 64? Um I can't remember. I, I want to say it was like Summer Bash, something like that. But I would, I would have to throw Sting in there from a popularity aspect. Okay. Uh, the one, the, the one name that I was surprised that, um, I mean, there's a few, but I was surprised that uh, um, Ron Simmons mm-hmm. was at 32, the first mm-hmm. w, first black WCW champion, um, was a great wrestler. A great worker, uh, had an amazing tag team with Butch Reed and, Ted, and Teddy Long as a manager in WCW. Um, uh, Mick Foley. Yeah. Mick Foley was never much of a wrestler as much as he was a brawler and a stuntman. He was a character to me. He, he, he was, was. Uh, whether it was Dude Love, Mankind, Cactus Jack, or just Mick Foley himself. 
Uh, he has been one of the greatest characters of all time. So he would crack uh, my top 10 or greatest characters. Um, uh, Ricky Steamboat would be in my list of greatest wrestlers, the top 10, because that match he did with Flair um, and even the other title he had with Macho Man, I think at WrestleMania 3 was one of the greatest WrestleMania, was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Um, so uh, uh, Ron, uh, Ricky Steamboat would definitely get the nod. Uh, CM Punk, um, amazing wrestler. I don't know if I would consider him in the top 10, but uh, he would definitely be in the top 20 if Ooh, I'm yeah, just he, going he, off of this he list. Would, he would definitely be in my top 20, yes. Yeah, if I'm just going off on this list. Um, Goldust would be in my top 20. He was um, a worker, and, and Chris. He was a hell of a worker, but he was also a hell of a character. So Goldust would be one of those people <laughs> who would be in the top 20 of both my lists, of both greatest characters, because you'll never forget the name of Goldust. But he was also an amazing worker. And even when you go back and look at his stuff as the natural Dustin Rhodes he in was WCW funny, in the early 90s, he was also um, really, really good. That dude was um, hilarious. Randy Orton, I don't know how I feel about him. Um, he's not a great character, but he is a character. Chris, let me he's ask not- you that. Let me ask you, while you said that, do you feel like Cowboy Bob Orton should have been in his top 50? I, I haven't seen enough Cowboy Bob Orton matches. The ones that I have seen were just like those old matches where everybody's just clubbing to the back. And I got several arguments from people that said that he should have been in the top 50. <laughs> were they being for real? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> what do you think about at 15, Booker T? Does Booker T deserve to be higher or lower in, in that? King Booker. Oh, man, I love – I'm a huge Booker T fan, man. Me too. Uh, I was a Booker I, T fan from Harlem Heat days. And so Booker T, because we didn't see too many black wrestlers who were at the pinnacle of – I mean, if we were going to be completely honest, a white man's sport, right? Um, mm. Booker T was like the golden child for me growing up. Like, and you know how I feel about the whole thing with Rocky. Like, I'm a huge Rock fan, love him to death. But I have heard some things and, you know, wrestlers talked about like some denial stuff backstage trying to fit in. We can discuss that another day. But Booker was true to it, right? From mm. from Harlem Heat to his promo where he said, you know, Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga, like that. Mm-hmm. Dude, like Booker T was the epitome of, of wrestling for me because I identified and representation matters. And so he was that. Um and we can't I, forget that when Booker T was in the dying days of WCW, he was a teen player. He even performed as a character, G.I. Bro. He did. <laughs> he did, man. Let that and, sit in, ladies and gentlemen. G.I. Bro. Wearing camouflage to the ring. Chris, I will say this. Booker, Booker deserves that, and not just because he was one of the few black wrestlers who was actually um, in the main card a lot, but Booker is one hell of an athlete. He, I mean, and he worked because of his athleticism. It definitely increased him as a worker. Did he go as hard as a Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart? No, but because he was just gifted when it came to just pure athleticism, um, it, it, it made him look good because he carried a swag with his athleticism that at, at six, three and a half, really just made him look like, wow, like this guy can move, he can function, and he can go. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. just me, though. Coming in at 44, speaking of black wrestlers, Kofi Kingston, the first Guyanese uh, WWE champion, 
At 44, where would he where would he play at on your He's definitely not a character. I mean, I guess he is one right now with, with New Day. And I guess he even was when he was Kofi Kingston with the fake Jamaican accent. But, <laughs> um, he's, so I guess that was gimmicky. But, but where would you put him at on, on, Ooh, on that? This is tough because Kofi is a great worker. Kofi will put on great matches. Um, if we're talking top 50 characters, he would not crack my list, unfortunately. And I hate mm. to say that. I hate mm-hmm. to say that as a character. Now, if we're talking about characters combined, him and New Day would definitely be in my top 10. But Kofi by himself, mm-hmm. from a character standpoint, I don't even know if he would crack 50. Um, from a wrestling standpoint, I would definitely say that Kofi could be in this list. He is not only athletic, but Kofi, Kofi does have a great technical um, uh, 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 variety to his, his wrestling style and his work. Um, in this, which Chris, obviously, you know this, most of the smaller guys do, right? Most right. of the guys who aren't carrying super weight or massive muscle tend to be really great workers and wrestlers. And Kofi is definitely one of them. I don't think he would be as, as low as number 40, what, four? Uh, definitely wouldn't be as low as number 44. I don't know if he cracks my top 20, but he's definitely somewhere between 20 and 40. I agree. So above Kofi, one notch above Kofi is Batista. Where does he belong at on this list? Because I've never thought of Batista as a great wrestler. Yeah, he's yeah. He's a power guy. He can do power bombs, spine a, buster, clothesline, a and spear. He, he was great at what he did. But if we're talking yeah. wrestlers, Batista's not on this list. He he kind of fall in the line for me of of a Hogan, right. of of a of a Savage. Um, you know, it's funny we haven't mentioned Macho Man Randy Savage. He was ranked at number two on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't, I mean, Savage was definitely more of a worker than Hogan was, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I mean, would you consider Macho Man Randy Savage a worker? Hell yes, really, the, absolutely not the WCW Macho Man so much, but. Again, I've watched a lot of older WWF programming. Mm-hmm. Macho Man in the late 80s was one of the best. Again, you go watch his match with Ricky Steamboat, it will change your life. It was so good. He said it'll change your life. <laughs> I mean, he was really, really good. Um, the the way he hit that elbow, the the the, the, the height that he got on that, the intensity, the, the way he spoke with that character, you believed. Every time he spoke, he was a great promo. He, he was, was a, a great, great promo. promo. He always had so much intensity. I think that Macho Man Randy Savage would be um, in my top 20 of characters and my top 20 of wrestlers, without I, a doubt. He definitely, his elbow drop is the reason why I started paying more attention to Kyrie Sane as a wrestler. I will say that mm. for sure, um, because she has definitely tried her best to emulate that. Um, yeah, man, this is an interesting list. There are some names on here that uh, were not included. I had some people commenting. Um, they said that they thought China should have cracked this list. Mm. Um, some people, they, here are some names that folks mentioned. Now we're talking popularity and some wrestling. One of my buddies actually posted this 44 minutes ago under the post. He said, Diamond Dallas Page. He said, Yoko Zuna, Lex Luger, Bam Bam Bigelow, um, he said Razor Ramon. I don't think he realized. He's talking about home. WWE, the new generation. That's 94, 95, 93, 95. Right. Yeah, Somebody a lot of those said, wrestlers weren't even on there from the 90, like a lot of the 92 now, to 95. Now, Chris, let me ask you this, because I know we're going to be moving. So, um, man, and we haven't mentioned him, but he's definitely set right, I think, at number six. 
John Cena is on this list of the top 10. Cena is an interesting one. Super popular. He isn't the greatest wrestler, but, I mean, stories of Cena are he is a hard worker. Right. So what do you feel about Cena being at number six in this list? Oh, I definitely don't think he deserved that spot. Um, I think he's a great character, especially when he was the doctor of thugonomics. Um, but no, I wouldn't put him on a list of top wrestlers. Somebody um, said Dick the Bruiser needs to be in this conversation. I don't know much about him. Uh, old but, school. Uh, I think that John Cena, when he was the doctor of thugonomics, and even when he was the bigger, you know, can't see me, don't give up. Um, great character. He was one. Of, he's a Hulk Hogan type. He does, not necessarily a great worker, but he's the guy with a big enough personality that can carry the company. And um, so, no, I, I think he deserves the character list. Uh, I wouldn't put him in my top 20 as, as wrestlers. Maybe he'd be in the top 50. He definitely deserves to be on the list, but he wouldn't be in my top 20. The one person who wasn't on this list that I noticed, too, um, to uh, two people, and this goes back to the older school, uh, WWE, you talk about characters, mm-hmm. was... Um, the Iron Sheik mm-hmm. and Sergeant Slaughter. Um, those two were iconic characters. Iconic That's true. characters. Um, and the heat that Iron Sheik used to get yes. uh, was incomparable. I mean, wrestlers would have to try overtime to get the kind of heat that he got organically. Absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree. Super heat. And that's a, that was one of the things that I, I considered, too which is probably one of the reasons why I said Hunter would even make my top 10 from a standpoint of he, that I, I, I do take into account the wrestlers because being a heel in the, in wrestling is hard. Um, and I say that from a standpoint of you have heels that are trying to like forcibly just make you hate them. And then mm. you've got people who have antics that you just like, I can't stand this dude. The Iron Sheik was definitely one of them. Absolutely. Hunter was another. And that is a gift to me, Chris. That is a gift to me where you don't have to try and be a bad guy because it might already be in your genes. <laughs> like, right. They, they carried that so well. Let me ask you this before we move on. A few people were upset about Rey Mysterio not hitting this list at all. How do you feel about that? I, I agree. I think that's an injustice. I think Rey Mysterio would be in uh, my top 20 as greatest wrestlers. And then somebody else actually said from a character standpoint, they thought that Jimmy Snooker should have been in this list. As a character? Uh, that's a little bit before my time. Um, as a character? See, I don't know how much of the Snooker character was a, a, a departure from who he actually was. Um, and I haven't, again, I haven't watched many Snooker promos, so that would be hard for me to judge. Somebody else um, said they would take Batista off and put Dolph Ziggler in his place. I, as greatest wrestlers? Yeah. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> I think Dolph is amazing, uh, actually. And uh, he's an amazing seller. He actually is a really good character. But I think he's a much better wrestler than he is a character. True, um, true, absolutely. The one that person you mentioned earlier who I think would absolutely be in my top 10 wrestling characters would be Yokozuna. Um, mm. that, that, that was an iconic character growing up for me, uh, an iconic character for many growing up. He, he embodied early 90 professional wrestling. He was larger than life, uh, both figur- figuratively and literally. 
<laughs> um, and I think for a Samoan guy to authentically play a Japanese sumo wrestler uh, mm. was a uh, uh, great, great talent. You know who? You know who's not on this list? Who absolutely should be on the top thirty? Who's that? Sean Waltman, X Pac, one, two, three, kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm surprised he's not on his list. I agree with that, man. He he was a phenomenal worker. I and I didn't even think about that, but when you say it immediately, I'm like, yeah, no, he put on he put on some wrestling clinics. What would you say about Jeff Jarrett? Character, greatest wrestler, greatest character. Mm. Double J, J E, double F, J A, double R, E, double T. Character wise, yes, he was catchy. He was there. You knew who he was. Wrestler, though, mm, that's tough, Chris. I don't know. Mm. I'm not 100% sure. Have you watched a lot of uh, Jeff Jarrett matches? I did. Um, and so I think he, you know, part of Jeff Jarrett for me, legacy, as he went into the TNA space, um, I, I just really didn't care for him as much. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But maybe that's biased, though, so I don't know. I might not be the best person to ask. What about Billy Gunn? Man, to me, Billy would be in this list because Billy as... As a character or a wrestler? As a wrestler alone, Billy was a bigger guy. And I don't think people realize just how big Billy Gunn was, sitting at almost 6'6". Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But Billy couldn't move, And they talk about that on on Bruce Pritchard podcast. It was was just talking about that, where it was like, yo, people didn't realize he was as big as Hogan. He was, and he he not only could move, but Billy worked. Billy put on matches that, for a man of his stature, should be almost too hard to do. Mm. Like Bill, man, I remember watching um, some tag team matches with New Age Outlaws, and Billy, to me, was more of the wrestler than Road Dog. And I looked forward to seeing Billy work in the match. And then Road Dog coming in at the end with his few moves and finishers to kind of close everything off. I will say this: as a kid, I even though I love The Rock, I actually felt really bad for Billy Gunn because when he started to get that singles push, I felt like he definitely was held down. Now, some people have rumored that he was held down even by his own people, i.e., Triple H. Mm. Um, but I felt bad because Billy wasn't the greatest promo. Before a man his size, Billy could have been a legitimate main eventer um, if he had that promo package together. And when they were putting him in singles matches and they were pairing him up against the likes of The Rock, he was just getting eat up, eaten up on the promo side. And I felt like they were kind of putting him in a position to where he wouldn't be able to recover. Mm. But Billy, man, to me, like I said, at that, at that size and stature, the way that he moved, he's what Hogan should have been from a working standpoint. Mm, fair enough. So for me, top 10 greatest characters would absolutely have to include the Godfather. <laughs> I can see that. I'll give you that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not so much Kama Mustafa or Papa Shango, even though those were outrageous gimmicks too. The Godfather he, was iconic. He made pimping acceptable on national television. <laughs> <laughs> he made pimping easy, despite what he said. You know? <laughs> Jeez, I'll give you that, Chris. Okay, I'll give you that. For somebody to make prostitution look okay for three hours on television? <laughs> okay, all right, cool. That's fair. <laughs> um, who else? I would... Again, uh, 
What did you say? They got Jeff Hardy down at 41. Yeah, we haven't talked about Jeff. Jeff, um, Jeff's an amazing wrestler. He is. Um, and if that's think... the case, we got to put Edge up too. I would. Really? Yes. When Edge came into his own, man, he was I mean, Edge had always been a worker, but when Edge came into his own, he was a star. He he was a star. He was. But was he a great wrestler? He once again, size, six five. Mm. Um, for for who he was at this size and everything, I think that he I mean, he was a pretty good wrestler. Definitely if you pay attention to him in his prime, like Edge wasn't one of them guys that was just carrying a great name. Like he actually put in work. Mm. So I would, I would, I would have to give him the nod. Mm. Edge, as a great wrestler, he was definitely a better wrestler than he was a character. Would you, would you agree? Yes. I mean, he was his, quite the character. His character caught up once he got to his singles run, though. When he started carrying the big belt, like no, when he was rated, when he was a rated R superstar. No, after the well, yeah, kind of rated R superstar. But when right before his injury, like Edge was really coming into his prime, man. I feel like he was robbed um, with that injury, man. That spear that ended up taking him out of commission, which I was really surprised to see him actually perform a spear. I don't know if you saw it um, during SummerSlam weekend, but Edge pops up and he delivers a spear. I'm like, what? I did see that, yeah. How? <laughs> it looked good, too, didn't it? Yeah, it did, man. I was like, whoa. I was like, wait, you got something you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's not coming back, is he? Uh, that would be nice. And he may be one of those people who, who you know, because as, as we reported last week, um, you know, Vince McMahon is hiring a lot of the part-timers to just kind of come in and every now and again do some uh, – uh, some stuff, so he may be in, in that uh category. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember Ahmed Johnson? Yep, Ahmed Johnson was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up because he was the first black intercontinental champion. Again, we didn't see a lot of black wrestlers growing up, but he was an awful wrestler. I mean, Bachi, like the ultimate warrior, awful, mm-hmm. and he wasn't that great of a character either. Yeah, yeah, he's he was got just great a black, He was just a black brute. He was just—he was just a—he was just a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He was just there. He was. I mean, from a size standpoint, Vince wanted to push him so bad. But like you said, just from a wrestling standpoint, he didn't have it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say in my top ten greatest characters, I would have to include Doink the Clown. Oh God, and Chris, IRS. Really? Yeah, I really the clown as a character. You have an evil hill clown who had Denny at a whole stable of clowns. That shit was amazing. For <sighs> its time, Doink the Clown was iconic. To make a clown work in the WWE, I'll give you that. Because he was over. Work, he was really over. If we're talking characters, Chris, I, I okay, he was over as a clown. Yes, I'll give you that. I, that's, that's it's work. weird to say. Like I'm, I'm just like I'm trying to wrap my finger around it. Like what the heck? Like this is stupid. But yes, man. Look, we might have to change our top ten up real soon, man. <laughs> hey, three years from now, man. If 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 a certain current wrestler 
can really make this work and become the new face of fear like he was always supposed to be in the WWE, he might he might crack the top ten. Of characters. Yes. Into my Bray Wyatt. If the fiend, listen, Chris, if the fiend is who I believe he is, mm. he he might crack my top ten of characters in wrestling. Fair enough. He might even crack my top ten as a character who was a wrestler because I don't know if you paid attention to it on SummerSlam, but he didn't even wrestle like the old Bray Wyatt wrestled. This dude was no. different. He was yeah. brutal. He yeah. he worked. He put in. He put in his time. He put in his yeah. time, Chris. I agree. I might have you, to go back. I might go to WWEshop.com and give me a shirt. <laughs> what do you think about um, D'Lo Brown? D'Lo was a worker, and he definitely, wrestling-wise, would have been in my top 10. Top 10? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He would have made my top 50. Not my top 10. He would have okay. made this list in top 50. I said that wrong. So sorry. He was ready to okay. jump down my throat. I first. was. I was like, what the fuck you smoking? Can I have some? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I like D-Lo too, but goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I've always told people that you know the attitude error is what a lot of people remember. Absolutely. And this is a perfect way for me to make it clear the differentiation of wrestler's gimmick. The attitude error was not known for great wrestling. It was known for outrageous characters. It you go was. back and you watch a lot of that shit, those matches weren't good. It was. They weren't good, they weren't good matches. No, they weren't. You got most of your best matches from from your mid card during that time, right? You you would actually see better matches on Sunday Night Heat than you would on Raw. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Say it again for the people in the cheap seats. You would legitimately see your better matches on Sunday Night Heat than you would Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Taka Mishinoku, <laughs> yes. Val Venus, mm-hmm. you know. Um. You know, top characters, I'm now thinking I'd have to make room for, and I don't know if these would go in the top 20 or top 50. Um, maybe I'll put them in the top. Mm, I'll say top 50 just to be. The Dudleys, the Dudley boys. See, then we're talking groups, because if that's the game, if we're talking top 50, this is where we would, and I heard you mention IRS prior to that as well, right? Right. This is where it moves into... Um, like, if we're talking groups in this mix as well, I, I got a few that I think... This is where I think Kofi and the New Day would definitely thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I agree with Maybe you. Maybe we'll have to do another list for groups because cause that opens up a whole nother... Uh, a, a whole nother, uh, 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 you know... You know what I'm surprised? The, the, neither one of us have said, and that's not on this list, and maybe rightfully so, either characters or wrestlers, is the Who's big that? show. Mm, he... Andre Andre 2.0? Right. Uh, character, maybe. He was the imposing figure um, for the 99 and the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I think from a, like you said, present standpoint, maybe. I can see that. My top, this will be the last one I offer because uh, I could do this all day. Um <laughs> The top 20, without a shadow of a doubt, of greatest characters ever would be the loose cannon Brian Pillman. Huh. Didn't think about that. Because if you know the history of why he did what he did and how he started playing that character, um, you know, because he wanted to, 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 he was trying to play insane to get out of a contract or try to get a contract with WWE. Yeah. While he was leaving WCW. I mean, that that flying Brian, I mean not flying Brian, that that loose cannon Brian Pillman gimmick 
where he showed up at the press conference and and disrupted the press conference. They had to have security out, and it, it made it look like a work yeah. uh, or a shoot, I should say. Um, yeah, he was he was great, and he's he's forgotten both as a professional wrestler and as a as a character. But he was also an amazing wrestler before he got injured. You know, him and Stone Cold Steve Austin were the Hollywood Blondes in WCW, and their matches were amazing. They had great chemistry. They were best friends. That, I, I can give you that. I, I, All right, this is your last one. Make it count, Richard. Greatest character, top twenty that we haven't that we haven't said yet. Ugh, that's tough. Um, greatest character, top twenty that we haven't said, and it has to be WWE. No, no. Mm-mm. That's easy. If we're okay. going greatest character that is not WWE, that I think would be on this list, um, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega would make this what? list for me. Absolutely. Kenny Omega is definitely right now, as we have this podcast episode today, August 16th of 2019, he is top three best actual wrestlers in the world. But beyond that, he is character and promo personified. I have never seen an individual who can carry the same um, dominance in a promo in English as he does in a totally different language. Mm. That is why he makes it for me. Do, do, I mean, literally to see him go from speaking English to Japanese in a promo back and forth and then win both sides of the crowds over. Dude, that, mm. that's a gift, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is a gift. And then, like I said, man, you know, for him to put on the kind of matches that he has at 37, almost 38 years old now. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny cracks that list for me easy. Uh, honorable mention for greatest characters, non-WWE, if we're going to look at today, Orange Cassidy, who this week signed to AEW. If you've never seen an Orange Cassidy mm. match. Uh, have you ever seen an Orange Cassidy match? Richard? I have not, but I'm going to have to check him out. He is uh, the anti-wrestler wrestler. wrestler. Uh, oh, wow. He just kind of like he he he's a sloth. He, he moves really like 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 a snail sloth, intentionally slow in the yeah. ring. He 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 just he hits you with minimal effort. His gimmick is that he doesn't really care, so he's just really cool. He he drinks a beer while he's wrestling with one hand. He is a and it's so over um, um, hmm. because it's so funny. It's a comedic it's a comedic relief, but he's also a really good wrestler when he wants to be. Well, but man, if we, we talk about that. If we talk about comedic, you know I got to put my boy in there. Who? Broken Matt Hardy. Come on now. I'm surprised you didn't say that in the beginning. Honestly, I was very surprised you didn't do that um, in terms of greatest characters ever. Broken freaking Matt Hardy. I mean, you talked about Doink the Clown. Like, I, you know, Chris, I hated Broken Matt Hardy when when it first came out. Mm. But it won me over slowly but surely. (laughs) And in that case, then Mankind. Yeah. In terms of the character, Mankind was a better character than Do Love and, and Cactus Jack. Because Mankind actually had this backstory, this sick, twisted boiler room freak yeah. ripping out his own hair. You know, and I didn't know what Cactus I didn't know about Cactus Jack when I started watching WWE. So I actually believed this Mankind character. I didn't it wasn't until later where he started doing the three faces of Foley. And again, you got you, you got a guy who could do three faces of Foley in one night, could be three different characters and all of them over. Hell yeah, he's on that list, you know? So, Chris, let me just get this straight. Character doesn't have to wrestle, right? 
if by definition a character didn't have to wrestle, would you allow Paul Heyman in the top 50? Of greatest characters? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really tough. That's, good. that's a <laughs> good <got> question. <laughs> if we're talking about, well, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about a non wrestling character. That just, I mean, because he, I mean, people, he, he carries some of the well, same. Well, if that's tra- the case, or if that's the case, well, look. <laughs> then if we're gonna go there, shit, we're never gonna get off this podcast. <laughs> the uh, I would t- I would put Mr. McMahon in my top ten. Absolutely, it's a Mr. McMahon character. I mean, he definitely brilliant. Stone Cold. Stone Cold a... wouldn't be who he exactly. was if it wasn't for the Mr. McMahon character. Exactly. I totally agree. I totally a hundred percent agree. <laughs> Which is why I'm surprised Shane is getting so much hate right now because I'm like he essentially has become. His father. I was thinking that. Yeah, he's a, he, and he's developing his own Mr. McMahon character quite nicely. And I know that the guys at Cultaholic give him a hard time, but I'm like, essentially, if if we're if we're thinking about this from the right context, Shane is becoming his dad all over again. Yeah, Mr. McMahon 2.0, and I like it. Yeah, because he's getting real genuine heat. He's getting he genuine heat. People are like, yo, I'm tired of seeing this guy, and I get why they keep doing it. It's like, oh, come on. Because it makes you hate him when he comes out. He's not as over the top as Vince with the walking down the aisle, swinging his arms, and you know the the big giant chest as Vince McMahon. And but mm-hmm. but he's he's coming into his own as a great great character. Um, and I'm enjoying it. I I, I like it a lot. I agree. And you know what? Honorable mention then you know to my boy Bruce Pritchard and Brother Love. You know, it's one of the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest characters to, to not wrestle, but to ooh, take a bump. That's uh, real. That that was a legendary character when it debuted. It was, you know, it was a character that debuted The Undertaker. Um, so absolutely, Bruce Pritchard would be in there. Absolutely, I agree. Any last words and thoughts on this uh, topic? No, man. I think we definitely over exaggerated on this one. So <laughs> <laughs> we definitely, I think we hit all areas with this one. Yeah, we indulged. We overindulged quite a bit in this uh, uh, topic. It was more fun than I thought it would be. Um, so that's that's great. Uh, Richard, how can people follow you and keep up with you online? All the cool social sites. Instagram, Jr. Facebook, Richard L. Taylor Jr. And, of course, Twitter, at TrulyTaylorMade. And you can also hit me up, website, RichardTaylorJr.com. And for me, you can follow me across social media at Blood, the drummer. Uh, remember to subscribe to Coming to the Ring wherever you get your podcast. Leave a five star review. Uh, excuse me, leave five stars and a review. I'd be remiss also not to tell you to check out other podcasts, including uh, my uh, news podcast, Drumming for Justice, and Richard Taylor's motivational podcast, Between the Dreams. Those are also avail- uh, Between the Dream, excuse me, those are also available wherever you get your podcast. We want to hear from you on this topic, particularly uh, if you agree with our list, if you disagree, if you want to tweet us your own list of greatest characters and wrestlers that we maybe have forgotten, again, on Twitter, he's truly tailor-made, and I'm at Flood the Drummer. I want to thank you guys so much for listening, and until next time, I'm Flood the Drummer, and I'm drumming for justice. <laughs>